If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 423 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, aka the pod god, the scoring lord, the legend. Joined today. The second the second best Sean in uh, of the week. Uh well, I don't know. I know we, 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 we can debate that one. Anyway, as you hear there in the background, joined today by the Clark Kent of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, as we uh, talk about, um, a, do you know what? It was a pretty uneventful weekend in the world of mixed martial arts, but I, I actually I have a bit of a talking point to start us off with. Plus, we have a massive card next week. We're going to talk about that uh, as well. But before we get into all of that, you know by now we have... Two beautiful sponsors that help us out, and it'd be absolutely brilliant if you helped them out uh, as well, because they, um, you know, they treat us well, and uh, giving back, giving back is what we're all about. So, first of all, uh, shout out to our friends over at uh, Manscaped, they're the leaders in the the below-the-waist grooming, uh, and they will make sure you have a ball this summer. The summers are getting later now as well. Have you found that, Graham? Like it's we're talking, we're talking July, we're talking August, we're talking October is nearly the summer now as well. So it's a perfect time if you want to uh, sign up for Manscaped, get some Manscaped stuff. Ideal, twenty percent off and free shipping with the code SevereMMA at Manscaped.com. And if you are starting off like myself or Graham have been for the last couple of years, the Performance Package 4.0. That's it's really the way to go. It's what you need for your summer bod. Uh, it's the grooming bundle. Features the lawnmower 4.0, which is a trimmer with a cutting edge ceramic blade, blade, blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to their advanced skin safe technology, uh, it has the 7,000 RPM motor, multifunction on off switch, and a, a big light on it as well for a more precise shave. Um, it's waterproof as well. So if you're in the water anywhere, you can use it there. Absolutely perfect. The liquid formulations, I had my liquid formulations out yesterday. I got, as I mentioned last week, I got some new ones. They're brilliant. They just keep you fresh. The crop preserver, the crop reviver absolutely brilliant and the manscaped uh performance package 4.0 also has two free gifts the manscaped boxers which i know the lads over in our patreon group absolutely swear by and the shed travel bag as well plus the sandals if you're wearing sandals you need the the luxury grooming kit shears 2.0 absolutely brilliant and what i mean brilliant i said this a couple of weeks ago it's it's right i don't know if you have on gram or not but it's really 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 high quality it's really good if you get nothing else get that um so yeah shear up the nails with that so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code SevereMateManscape.com. It's 20% off. And free shipping with the code SevereMateManscape.com. It's smooth sex summer, boys. Get on board or get left behind. Um, also, 
let's talk about Caldera Love because I've seen a lot of people recently talking about Caldera Love. That lad, oh God, I, I forget his name now, but he's he's in two MMA movies. He's in Warrior, and he was the the lead actor uh, in um. What's, have you watched that MMA show, Graham? It was like a really successful show. Oh fuck, Patrick is no. a teacher. Oh, what's it called? It's, I actually watched a few episodes of it. It was really good. It's one of those ones like I need to watch the rest of it. Oh my God, everyone's probably like, oh yeah, that fucking show. But anyway, the lead actor in that, um. He has been swearing by Caldera Lab recently. I was like, oh shit, did Caldera Lab have to take it off here? Like, I feel, I feel like I'm going to thank the Severe MF podcast for that. Like, we were the first ones there. But anyway, first impressions do matter. And there's no two ways around it. Um, that the first thing someone notices about you is your, your skin, your face, and all that. And what would you want to get it to, to, to get it up to scratch? Well, what you need is Caldera Lab. They're absolutely brilliant. Go to calderalab.com and get 20% off their best products with the promo code SEVEREMMA. They're a leader in men's skincare, and they're here to save the day for you. They absolutely are high-performance skincare products led by the regimen. Um, you know, skincare is obviously a heavily female-driven uh, industry, but why not? Why, why can't men do it, Graham? Why can't we do it as well? Why can't we have nice skin? What you need is the the three-part bundle that Calera Lab have, the clean slate to start your day, the base layer, which is your daily moisturizer, um, and it leaves you with a beautiful matte finish to start your day confidently. And in the good is your go-to at night. It's a clinically proven multifunctional serum that helps your skin look tighter and smoother as well as helps your uh, helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and all of that stuff as well. There's 3.4 million, who counted them? Antioxidant units protecting your skin. Yeah, I know. You don't want, do you want to know what that means? Well, I have no clue who has a clue, right? But it's, it's going to work. Then the icon, it addresses the three most common signs uh, uh, of, of skin concern around the eye, the fine lines, the dark circles, and the puffiness. Brilliant. Calera Lab is made with top-tier ingredients and is a great addition to your daily routine. It, it's very quick. It, it says here in my notes, it takes less than a minute. We've discussed that before. It's, it's quick enough, right? So I get 20% off. And use the code SEVEREMMA at CalderaLab.com. It's 20% off at CalderaLab.com by using the code SEVEREMMA. Jump into skin first impression with Caldera Lab. Right, Graham, let's talk about mixed martial arts. Um, uh, It's a funny one, right? Because the weekend we just had... Myself and Ian actually were recording the Chasing Back the other day, and it got me thinking, and uh, that Chasing Back will be out uh, Tuesday. No Q&A this week. We'll have the Chasing Back instead. Um... And we were talking about, like, there's so much MMA on these days and so many different promotions that I, I feel like we have, adju- we, we, we have adjusted from being a sport that has to consume absolutely everything to a sport where it's impossible to consume everything. But I think we're on the midst of being, and maybe this is a, maybe this is a speaker's garden or more than anything else, but we're maybe on the midst of being a sport where you kind of only tune in for what you want to tune in for, for the vast majority of fans. Like, let, let's say, right, the, and, and I'll describe the difference now, right? If you're, like yourself, Graham, a Liverpool fan, like me, a Man United fan, well, you're watching every single game, right? Unless there's something big and you miss it, or it's a pointless game, or a pre-season, you're, you're watching every single game, right? If you're 
a golf fan or somewhat of a casual golf fan, right? You're watching the Sunday of the Masters. You're watching the Sunday of the maybe the PGA. You're maybe watching six events a year for four or five hours at a time. You know what? That, that's it. There's so absolutely there's some golf fans out there that are watching a week in week out, spending four days in front of the TV and all. But you you know what I mean? And MMA to me, for a long time, was soccer. You know, it, it was that. It was the, the, the sport that you lived or died by. It was GA for people here. It was maybe rugby league for people in the north of England or AFL for people in Australia or NFL for people in America. It was that. You had to know everything. You had to know everyone. And I don't think it's that anymore for the vast majority of the fans. Now, was it always that way for the vast majority of fans? I don't know, but it, was, it seemed like it was that way for a serious amount of the fans, right? And this is not me being negative here or anything. This is actually just discussing how, how the sport has gone. Because, like, I was, I was sitting there last night watching the fights, right? And we, we discussed this before. Like, we, we've kind of moved on from, you know, trawling through all the fights and everything. We discussed the maybe the bigger points in MMA or whatever, but it's like, the UFC and other organizations are almost sometimes admitting what their B product was. Like, the, even with the UFC, I think the, the commentary teams kind of show it sometimes. Like, you know when you're sticking on, and without no, no disrespect to anyone, you, you hear Brendan Fitzgerald, and you know it's not, it's not a big event. You know, you know it's kind of a B event. Well, maybe this is a good comparison. I, I, um, do you remember, year, I haven't watched pro wrestling consistently in years, but do you remember there used to be, like, WWF Heat. Yeah. Heat, where it showed, like, you know, yeah. some dark matches yes. or some kind of, like, you know, B-side stuff. And you you definitely tune in for, you know, Raw or SmackDown, but you, you, could, miss, you could miss Heat, no problem. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. But, like, we haven't a clear, like, oh, there's a differentiation between... <laughs> you know, our Raw and SmackDown or our pay-per-views and that. Now, there is, I think, but we, <laughs> we, we've we been very slow to kind of adjust to that. But, like, I, I, it, it's interesting because, like, there are some very good fighters in all these cards and are, like, uh, well, you know, ones that worked their way up. But it's just we need, we need to adjust to it, I think. And this whole sport has adjusted but the other point of it then as well that we made on the chasing back and we'll move on from this we'll talk about the fights in a second but it's like with this whole Bellator and PFL merger if it happens like I think the UFC has never been stronger in terms of money and all that but I think it's never been in a more precarious position in terms of like it's loyal fan base like, if somewhere else was putting on much better fights, and let's say they were on, you know, ESPN uh, uh, prime time, and it wasn't kind of, you know, ESPN plus or whatever, let's say they were on Fox Sports, one of the big channels that run Sky Sports here, like, and, and they had good promotion, and, they, you know, it wasn't in Ghana, Carter, or it was whoever it might be. I think they're in a, a, re- a relatively now relatively is relatively yeah. precarious place. What, what do you think about that? Like, cause like I, I think like you, you know yeah. what you p- touched on there, Sky Sports. Like, I don't think people in in outside of the UK and Ireland really understand how kind of Sky Sports news is just kind of on in the background of pubs and on in the background of people's houses as they're as they're doing things and. You know that Sky Sports News can hype up a Freddie Flintoff guy who retired f- f- with knee injuries from cricket boxing match and make it seem like a big deal. So, you know, obviously Sky Sport or, or uh, sorry, the UFC over the years have been trying to get on Sky Sports, and there's been people there at the the higher levels of Sky who don't like um, who historically don't like MMA, but 
I'm not sure what the situation is if they've if they've replaced those people or if they're still kind of pushed back. But now that the UFC uh, and the WWE are owned by the same people, that kind of might give the the UFC a chance to finally get on Sky Sports. But you know, if the if the likes of PFL were to get on Sky Sports, that would be absolutely massive for their their like the the, the free promotion, the the brand recognition, all that stuff. Uh, if they were on Sky Sports News, but yeah, I think. Um, it, without that over here, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna get the the same kind of recognition or the same kind of excitement for around events as the UFC events. Yeah. But but yeah, like you know, you need to take these steps. And if they were to get on Sky Sports, for example, it, like Sky Sports is kind of the only example over here. You can be on BT or you can be on whatever. But if you're if you're on Sky, like Sky Sports is just a different a different beast over over in the UK and Ireland. I so. think as well, though, like you'd need that everywhere. You'd need that in America as well, nearly. And I I also think like uh, the Bellator don't have a great promoter in Scott Coker. I think Scott Coker is great at running a promotion and, you know, but I don't think he's great at hyping the voice. People come down all the time about Bellator. Like, PFL don't really have anyone in that. I know they've that Don Davis that I literally, if you walk past me in the street, I would know who he was and like Ray Sefo doesn't really say anything. If they were to like, if they were to merge, I think they need someone. Like they really, uh, they really need someone at the forefront. Like even when Habib's promotion was running there for a while, he was great at it. He like <laughs> it was because it was Habib. You'd listen to him and he talk about these fights. And like Masvidal is doing a bit of it now. I don't think he's as good as it because he's not as you know as uh, you know a character we care about as much. But like. I don't know. It's it's. I think it's a very interesting time if this merger happens. It's also like an interesting time because like, are are PFL in a better financial situation than Bellator? Because like, if they're not and they consume Bellator and they merge, well, both of them probably go up in flames at some stage down the road. The UFC merger uh, or the UFC um, uh, court case might be over and then it might overtake them all. But like that's that, we may discuss that further in the chasing back as well. But I I just think like. In general, though, it's it's a weird time for mixed martial arts. And I wonder, like, if we're going to have some change over the next while, and if the change will actually matter. Like, And I think there's two parts of that, and this is something maybe that I'll throw out there and we can discuss further down the line. But, like, the first part is obviously the merger. Will that, if the PFL Bellator merger happens, which I'm like, I'm not sure will happen, but let's say it does, will that force the UFC to do anything? And the second part of it then is with the UFC's um, deal coming up, whether I, I think it's in the next two years, the TV deal, like the UFC, the WWE, and places like that, they absolutely live and die by their TV deals. That's where they're making all their money now, most of their money. Like, you see the UFC, why they can put on the Vince and the Apex. Like, will the UFC change and do bigger fights, do better fights, better events, because of that TV deal coming up? Like, the more they push up their numbers, the better stuff that they put on, the more money they're going to get out of a Fox or an ESPN or whoever it might be. And it might change a lot of things for MMA fans. Well, do you know, we might have a lot, uh, you know, a lot le- less cards like the card I suppose we had last night. Even though the card last night wasn't too bad, but it it wasn't one you were like sitting there like, oh, I can't wait to put this on, you know? <laughs> and uh, I, 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 I just wonder if that can be adjusted and we can get some of those kind of half-lapsed fans. Like, remember before, there was, I, I think, was it a Sherdog podcast? They, they, it was called the Lapsed Fan Podcast. You remember that, Graham, don't you? I, I, there's, like, half-lapsed fans now, I think. There's, like, loads of them out there. I see them on Twitter, like, my my guy, Nick, he'll day, like, oh, I watch MMA, like, twice a year, and stuff like that. It's, uh, we're, we're in a very weird place right now. But anyway, we'll... Uh, 
we'll we'll talk a bit about the fights, I suppose. Um, what, what what did you think of that Sean Strickland fight? I I I described it as one of the most middleweight fights I've ever seen, and by God, was it a middleweight fight? Um, Strickland came out almost immediately and got eye poked. Um, after kind of getting teeped around the place by uh, Magomedov for a while, for the next three minutes, Magomedov kind of hit him a lot, hit him with a load of those Alex Pereira left hooks, kicked him to the body a lot, kicked him to the legs a lot, and Strickland really did nothing until the last minute, where then he started landing a couple of combinations, but like there was no power behind any of them. Uh, uh, Abbas got a takedown, you're thinking, okay, going into the second round, like, well, Magomedov's just kind of maybe going to run, run away with this. But we've seen before and with, with Strickland that that's not always the case. His first rounds and his second rounds are uh, are very different. We saw that. It was the Imavov fight, wasn't it? We saw that with. But this was a little bit different because they came out in the second round and Abbas was throwing a few of his teeps and stuff. And then Strickland just did what he was doing in the first round. Again, he threw a few combinations. And Abbas could not circle away or keep the distance like he did in that first round. I, I talked about it this week coming in because um, Abbas had fought Sadabusi, who's very good at like keeping the distance and very good at a distance game, and he beat him. And I was thinking to myself, right, if you can beat Sadabusi, who's a better fighter than Sean Strickland, in my opinion, in a distance game, gee, surely you can beat Sean Strickland. Because like Strickland, if you let him get a forward pace you let him land these combinations and as Michael Bisping uh, described the well death by a thousand cuts or our uh, Laura Sanko even um, he, he can be devastating in that way but if you don't let him do it I think he's like he's pretty beatable let's be honest but there was a, peer, a, a point in, in time maybe a minute or two into the round and he just died like he got uh, he got hit with a couple of shots uh, not in major which is easy for me to say, I suppose, but like we're watching top level or supposedly top level MMA here. And uh, I saw Bilal Mohammed tweeting, let's see, does Abbas have another gear? And he did, and it was reverse because he just went back and back and back and Strickland hit him and hit him. And it, I, I think a lot of people could see about the halfway point in this round, Abbas was like, okay, I need, give me my way out here. Like he was like, this fight's over. Uh, it's just a matter of time before Mark Smith stops it. And, like, it took Sean Strickland, like, two and a half minutes to actually finish a lad who was, like, asking to be finished. And eventually, Abbas just kind of like, all right, I'm just going to fall down here and hopefully the ref will call off. And even then, the ref didn't kind of call it off. Um, look, fair play to Strickland for putting it on him. Now, this is not actually anti-Strickland ranting because, like, uh, I think this was like 95% Mega Metal, like really? Like if Strickland wasn't there and he wasn't tough enough to, to stay through the first round, absolutely, he deserves massive credit for that. But Mega Metal just like absolutely died to death here yeah. and just well, I think, fell I over. I think Strickland was, was kind of in no rush to finish him because he knew that uh, Mega Metal was basically yeah, completely gassed and it was just like, oh, well, it's a matter of time. I don't need to take any risks here. And Abbas was throwing back the odd haymaker, <laughs> wild haymaker trying to, trying to, you know, get the finish. So for Strickland, I think it was just, you know, he's a guy who's very patient there. And um, I was actually thinking this fight might be a really boring five-round spar that uh, Sean Strickland would just kind of slowly take over. So I was happy enough with how the fight went, to be honest. Uh, but, um, yeah, it was just, if you if you only have six or seven minutes of gas in a five-round fight against Sean Strickland, it's just never going to work, really. No, it's not. And I... A part of me as well thinking afterwards is he had, what, 17 or 20 seconds or something in his UFC debut, and this was his second fight. 
Was there a bit of octagon jitters in there? Like, uh, and not even octagon jitters. UFC main event, you know, second yeah. fight in the UFC. You know, it might not be the biggest card ever for us, but for him, for Abbas, it's absolutely dream come true. Like, you know, he's been, what, 31 fights now, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure there was an extra pressure there and maybe that drained him and, you know, I'm, you'd have to think unless it was some serious injury in, in camp that stunted his ability to do cardio or something. But, yeah, I think it might have been uh, kind of a... A drain, a mental thing, um, just a, just yeah, I don't know, just maybe it overwhelmed him a bit, and it, it just uh, gassed him out because yeah, he really did just fall off a cliff after about uh, about even before the, the halfway point of the second round, which is which is not good. Yeah, like, and I'm kind of flying in the face of the analysis I made coming in here because like I was picking Abbas based on the amount of experience he had with that with that many fights, but like. Sometimes it doesn't turn out that way. Like, I remember you talking before, Graham, and say, like, loads of lads turn up in the gym and, you know, they're calling themselves MMA fighters, but they aren't really MMA fighters, you know. And I'm not saying that about Abbas, but, like, you look at Abbas and you think, oh, he's an experienced MMA fighter who should be able to last at this top level. But, like, he proved last night he isn't. Now, could he become that? Uh, you know, maybe, because he's a talented guy and everything, but he just... There, there was something... There was something completely wrong. Like... I had a feeling like that would have happened against anyone who was able to stay in there like Sean Strickland was. Let's say that was Chris Curtis, who he's not going to get out of there quickly or, or anyone. Like there's other fighters in there who absolutely wouldn't have stood up to what he threw at him in the first round like Sean Strickland does. So he deserves credit for that, absolutely. But I I don't know. It, it felt like it was always going that way for Magomedov last night. It was it was pretty poor. And it, like it just shows again, you know, I think people complain about, and it, it's, it's actually not Sean Strickland's fault but people are like oh you know Sean, another Sean Strickland main event and kind of it's actually more his opponents than him are the, are the problem I think because like there isn't that much in middleweight like Sean Strickland as I mentioned this week like a good middle of the road middleweight talent like he's ranked number seven that's probably where he's going to stay for a while maybe go up to number six or whatever but like it's the lads lower down and that that we have the problem with like there isn't gr a great amount of talent there and to have these men eventing all the time i think it makes it look like a lower level of product and i think that's exactly what this was like like you had a lad with one round of cardio in him who got beat by a guy basically on one eye after a big eye poke re um, at, the, at the very start and like even towards like the top of that division it's not great like Adesanya is like a massively overrated fighter as well and he's going to beat almost everyone in this division pretty easily like that I think that tells you what what the middleweight division is really like and I've shot over the middleweight division and there's, look there's some good talent I think on the way up in the middleweight division as well so hopefully there's uh uh, ho hopefully there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, but at the moment I don't know. I I I, 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 I don't know. Like just off tangent a bit about Adesanya. Like if he did have you know more rivals, more kind of similar level guys like uh, Alex Oliver or Alex Pereira on the feet or whatever, you know, I don't I don't think it's really his fault. He he's playing it safe, which is which is smart against guys that he can easily beat in his division like I think he has other gears he can go to or you know he would have been lifted to another gear like you see like for example in tennis like you know uh, would Djokovic and Federer and Nadal be as good as if they if only one of them was at the, was dominating everybody for years you know if they That's were true, if the other yeah. two weren't around you know I think with Adesanya it's a bit harsh to kind of blame it all on him or to take away from his skills I think he no. I think he does have another gear that he could go to if like I think he showed that yeah. in the Pahaya fights you know even though he lost the first one he was doing very well in the second one 
you know, absolutely f- phenomenal that's, knockout. So that's the problem with Adesanya, though. You feel like he does have another gear, and I agree, he does have another gear, but he doesn't go to it enough, and that's why I like. That's why I think he's a little bit overrated, and that's why I don't GSP think was good. the same though. GSP, like you know, if he could just take you down and smother you, he would. You know, he wouldn't take the chances. You know, um, yeah, but GSP, like, I think it's kind of smart. Like, I, I, it, yeah, it is fair enough. It's smart, but like. GSP was a massive star and earning massive money. Like I think if Adesanya, this is like this is like the crux of that whole argument. If Adesanya wants to become the John Jones star, the Conor McGregor star, the Habib Nurmagomedov star, the GSP star, he's gonna have to take it to that next level. Like and, and I, like you even see with the Pereira stuff, right? He meet a, he met a guy who'd beaten him before. He didn't went in and he beat him in MMA. They're one one after Adesanya beats him, and straight afterwards he's like, "Oh, give me Dr- Drickus Duplessis." Like what? Like that to me is just Adesanya all over. Right? That uh, that to me is the middleweight division all over. We finally have something, and they're like, "No, let's move on from that." <laughs> I just thought, I just thought that it just encapsulated all of it for me. It really, really did. Like Sean Strickland. Like why are not you like we've seen the UFC push against champions and big profile guys choices before and put them in fights they want? Why weren't the UFC like we talked about it straight after the fight that I think we both agreed maybe you didn't I can't remember but I definitely said that um you know they have to make that like people are talking about oh it's two one now but it's not it's MMA it's one all obviously obviously um. You know, you can make the fight down the line, but you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you know, but uh, I'm surprised that the kind of fans weren't more behind it as well and that the UFC weren't more behind making it again because, you know, you can wait, but, you know, things can go wrong or people like Pejaya is not going to make that wait forever and all that kind of stuff. And maybe that plays into it. But, yeah, um, Maybe, maybe if the TV deal was coming up for renewal <laughs> around oh, the time, they would have made the they would have made the trilogy. Yeah, and I, I looked, I one hundred percent understand the Pahea making weight thing, but like you have the biggest fight ever. You literally just made weight. Like you, all you have to do is make it one more time, right? and you win or lose, you can move to two hundred five after that. No and you one say to Pahea here, we're not making you make one eighty five to fight John Strickland. We're giving you another shot yes. at Adesanya, your greatest rival through two sports or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we're we're, we're we're on a slight tangent there, but sure, look, these, these things happen. Well, this is the middleweight division, you know. <laughs> it is the middleweight division, yeah, it is. But, yeah, I, like, who, who even is Adesanya fighting next? Like, is it going to be Strickland? Like, it might, it might be. It might, it might be. Because I, I thought he was going to fight in Duplessis. But Duplessis is fighting Whitaker next week. So, I, I maybe it's going to be the winner of that. But then Whitaker again, like, even though Whitaker's, like, obviously the, the second best fighter in that division, are we really going to make that again? Like, uh, I don't know. It's probably better than any of the other options, but God almighty. God, God almighty, Graham, the middleweight, the middleweight division. We, we're, we're, uh, we're in for some fun here, as we as we always are in the middle of the division. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on and talk about uh, something else. Um, I don't really want to go through this card to be honest. Grant Dawson was good, but again, yeah, pretty pretty good, like pretty dominant and yeah. uh, relentless. Hard to deal with. Hard to deal with. You know, he's he's twenty one and one now. Yeah. He's, he's still young in the game, but he has some good wins. You know, he's building his way up. Obviously, he hasn't fallen into the top tier guys yet. It'll be interesting to see him probably in, the, in his next fight um, step up. But Jared Gordon, Mark Madsen, and now uh, Ismagulov is, is three three very good wins in a row since that uh, majority decision draw against Rick Glenn. So, yeah, I think it's time for a step up. I think, you know, he showed that he's on a different level. Um, although, like, you know, uh, experienced guy, 20, 24 and 2. Uh, I think... You know, I think it's definitely time for him to step up, and I'm definitely interested to to, to see how he goes. You know, um, 
I don't really, I don't I don't know who who to get, who who you give him next like maybe somebody who fought really recently there's no need to kind of put him into a big name into a big name kind of big spot uh, fight yeah but I think I think a kind of a good test will be will be uh, the right move next I'd, li- I'd like to see him fight Dos Anjos I think that'd be a good fight uh, Jalen Turner and Dan Hooker are fighting next week maybe we know that I, I thought it was a brilliant performance but also you talked a lot of shit before it um, and then you d- destroyed your opponent and you got to the third round and you just coasted I'm like you need like if you're in the lightweight division in the, the stack lightweight division you have to get a finish there I know that is very harsh, but we're talking about the best of the best in the best division. This is a middleweight, you know? This is lightweight. I think you need to get a finish there. Actually, Graham, just one thing as well before we move on from the completely from the main event. Deshaun, Deshaun Strickland guff, right? And I obviously wrote an article about it, and, you know, he did uh, an interview with this comedian uh, lady who, you know, was like, I'm a comedian, don't take this seriously and all. But then he says loads of other things, like, oh, women should be back in the kitchen, and I want to kill someone in a fight and all. And, like, okay, you, uh, there's... We all know, right, he's playing a character, and he's joking, or he's trying to be a comedian and all of that. But, like... I don't even know if he's trying to be a comedian. I think he's just trying to say controversial things yeah. to, to, build, to build his name. And I think, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of unbelievable it's, or it's not believable, his his character. Like, it's not like uh, maybe some people who haven't, who've just come in or just seen one thing and and think, oh, cage fighter. Of course, he's saying this stuff. But this must be what Harry really thinks. But I think anybody who's really in MMA just knows that this is just, you know, a bullshit kind of strategy he has to kind of make a bit of a and it's like, working headlines and it's working exactly yeah, I was going to say like you know he sees Colby Covington he sees other people yeah. you know make getting getting the title shots that maybe they wouldn't get if if like Colby Covington and you know if he wasn't a, if he was just a quiet guy he would have been cut uh, 10 fights ago you know he said it himself he was about to get cut so he so he kind of turned on the persona <laughs> the pro wrestling uh, persona and Sean Strickland's winning a lot of fights and not getting title shots so maybe he thinks here let me just let me just make a bit of noise here, even if it is kind of negative. It's it's like you know what, what's that all saying? Like all, all press is is good press. Or it's whatever. it's not all right, and that's the thing about him, right? And I, uh, Colby was the same. In, like, in MMA, in MMA, it is. If people care no. about you either way, if they but want they to see you lose, if they want to see you win. It's better. It's yeah. better than just not caring at all. That's that's correct, but I don't think that's the case with Sean Strickland, though, because. He says all this stuff, right? And, you know, MMA mania or bloody elbow or whatever, put it up. Like, MMA fans see through it straight away. There's no fucking casual fans give a shit about Sean Strickland. And it's just him saying wild shit. And and this is the crux of it, right? So those uh, those websites put it up. Like, a few people read it probably. No one really cares about it. He doesn't become more popular or anything based than that. And in the UFC, see his guff. Dana White's no, we are, no, we are. When people are talking about him more. You're writing an article about him. We're no, but he, that, that's because you know, he's been put in main events. Like, that's the crux of it. The UFC are putting him in main events based on him talking the most stupid, idiotic shit you could possibly talk. And... That's the reason people are talking about him. I wouldn't have written that article if he was the second on the card. It's the fact that the UFC are putting him in the main events over and over and over again. It's it's the the Sean Strickland shit talk. The article's been written about Sean Strickland. The talk about him, which is actually very little, to be honest. 
is not the reason for it. Like it's people think this is is the the tail wagging the dog. It's not. It's the fucking dog leading. It's Dana White there putting him in main events, and then we're all talking about him because he's saying this shit while he's in the main event because he is the the number one guy this weekend. There wasn't much MMA on this weekend. Sean Strickland's the number one guy. He says, you know, women should be back in the, in the front of the thing or whatever, and that's the, the thing we're talking about that week. If it was fucking. Pantosha against Moreno is the main event this weekend, right? And Sean Strickland was the, the core main event or was, you know, and opening up the main card or whatever. No one would give a single shit. They actually, like, they wouldn't. They'd go, oh, Sean Strickland's doing it again. You know? I think people would be happy to ignore Sean Strickland. Do you, do, do you disagree or do you think it's just like, no matter where you are, is that, that this would be happening? Yeah, I know where you're coming from, but I just think it's—I just think it's similar to—it's really similar to the Kobe Covington situation for me. Like, I don't—you can say whatever you want, really. Like, you know, Kobe Covington said he's going to sit the call pen right oh, I'm going to bury you like the the English buried the Irish or something, something along those lines. And yeah, like to me, it's just—I know he's just talking shit for the sake of talking shit, so it just means nothing to me. But I can understand how people, you know, might not understand the whole context of it and think this guy's for real and and get pissed off by it. But you know. A lot of other leagues or whatever sports would would kind of maybe not want to put this guy in a, in a main event because of that. But it's just a different beast, the, the UFC and MMA. It's just, you know, they're talking about doing, trying to get like Elon to fight Zuckerberg. You know, it's not, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mad circus. So um, I don't think, I think the UFC will just see that he's getting probably more, you know, social interaction or whatever statistics they can pull up. And, you know, I think he, uh, Sean's looking at people like Colby and, you know, maybe at the start people were just ignoring you, but then it, it leads somewhere. And may, maybe it won't work for Sean Strickland. Maybe, you know, he's not as talented at the old promos and stuff as, as Colby has become. Um, but for him, like, he's, he's getting in main events, he's getting paid, you know, he's co- creating a bit of controversy. He's probably, he's probably happy enough with how it's going and, uh, the UFC don't seem to care, so why wouldn't he do it? You know, maybe it's a it's a case of the UFC should be more strict on this stuff, but that, yes. that's never going to happen either. So like, it's just pie in the sky stuff, really. Yeah, but that's exactly it. like it's it's a criticism of what we are as a sport. Like, and why do we still have to be this shit? Really, it's grand to say like, oh yeah, well like it's happening and we could never change or anything, and let's just forget about it. But that's. Well, when are you ever going to improve then, like? And I'm not saying, like, oh, we need to be, a, you know, a PC fucking sport or no one can say anything. I do, I do not mean that at all, right? So, Sean, you've, you've been um, <laughs> shouting out trying to get BT Sport to put the chicken, the Big Brother chicken noises on more during the interview. Yeah, but, exactly. I have, yeah, I have. Indeed. But I uh, I just think it's, it's weird. Like, we are a fighting organization, right? If you never heard an interview from anyone ever again or anything controversial for anyone ever again, the UFC or MMA would go on because it is, at the end of the day, about the fights. Now, it's about the shit talk as well and stuff. And we can. Oh, they wouldn't sell anywhere near as many papers. They wouldn't, right? They wouldn't. Nice to each other. They wouldn't. But still, it's never going to become a fucking pussified walk organization which Dana White is afraid of with all his might because he's a little sad man who slaps his wife Let, let's be honest here right it's never going to become that because it's a fucking fight at the end of the day how can it become soft like how how can you watch a fight 
Like the fights we like Yoel Romero versus fucking what's his name the other day, or the last week's main event where um, Vittori's getting slapped around the place and barely surviving. If anything, it's too fucking rough. Like it, it can't. We can't. It becomes up. Like why are these people like staying awake at night worrying about how soft this sport has become and we have to let everyone say everything in case that happens? It's not going to fucking happen. Right, they're afraid of the fucking boogeyman under the bed that doesn't exist. Like they really are. Like, I, I, I think so Dane is just saying that stuff to pander to, like you know. Oh, he's not. To, oh no way. Audience. He, be- he believes. That. He ah, he believes that shit. I don't think he's up at night worried about like you know woke. <laughs> he is. He actually like is. Like, like, why couldn't he shut down Sean Strickland saying that shit? Why, like, why, why couldn't they be better at? Stopping people being cunts And people are probably saying like Oh you never said that about Conor McGregor I fucking did And I'll say it again If Conor McGregor throws a dolly through a bus He should be fucking banned for a year Or whatever it might be Or if anyone does anything If people fail drug tests or whatever it might be And if they're the rules Ban them and everything And I like I'm not saying people can go out and You know talk shit Even, even like you know Whoever I might be saying I'm gonna fuck I'm gonna murder you or whatever And that's bad And they probably shouldn't be doing it But let them say it Let them say whatever they want But if you say just pointless shit That has nothing to do with the fight Nothing to do with your opponent Like What the fuck has Sean Strickland saying Oh women need to go back into the uh, Into the kitchen And I need to save America What the fuck has that got to do Like in a press conference If you said that in an interview with someone And it was a deep dive or whatever And you were making a point Alright you're a cunt Whatever Fair enough let it at that But you're saying in a press conference Like in, in For no reason And the UFC are just standing idly by And like Oh sure that's grand That's the person we want Representing our brand um, In the main event Like And Ari Emanuel is just as bad Like he After hooking up with Vince McMahon Who's one of the biggest cunts In the fucking world as well Like I don't know And I'm not I'm not one for getting big and high and mighty And all this But I'm like wh- What are these people fucking doing Why are they Why is this dope Allowed to just be around and like making everyone else look bad i don't know i don't know maybe i'm just numb to all of this but i just really don't like, i'm numb to I most of my strong it. opinion about any of it really like yeah, it's just kind of whatever to me yeah i just to be cranky today I I, I I i i don't know like sean strickland is like so obviously trying to be that and they are eating it up like it's, it's actually not sean strickland right that i'm most fucking I'm not mad, but like fucking, I'm not even concerned. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah, disappointed. That disappointed is a good word. It's the top. It's like Dana White and the UFC are so fucking stupid that this stupid idiot putting on a stupid idiotic fucking display of like misogyny or whatever it is is. Being ate up by them And they're like Oh We have to put this card In the main event Like they're They're just the stupidest People on earth Like genuinely Do you think genuinely. They're pushing him more Because he's saying these things Or yes. do you think it's just Disease fight nights And they just need to put somebody And he's like a big enough guy Who can make a few headlines Even if he was making They wouldn't care If it was making headlines For any reason It's just He's basically the best choice Of the mm. The guys they have left On the board To fill this fight night Main event Yes I, I think they are Putting him in there like it, it, it's 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 both like they're putting him in there because he's saying all this shit but this shit actually isn't moving the numbers but then him being in the main event is making this shit that he talks do a bit better numbers or whatever or ma- making more people talk about him because he is the guy at the very top but like let's say right here's the alternative right you instead of having him main event tonight you have 
Ian Gary headline there, right? Or you have Rachmanov headline there. Or you have Fiziev headline there. Or you have Matt Frivola against Grant Dawson headline. Or you have Adrian Yanez headline. Or you have Sadiq Youssef, who himself has gotten really good online traction going based on something really funny and really, you know, um, positive or whatever, rather than this idiocy. Why not have them sort of lads uh, in the main events? Like, why, why, why not do that? It was, what was it, a year uh, or 72 events or something before they had a flyweight fight in the main events. And look at, look, look at like you've Manel Cape, who's like a knockout artist. Kai Carr, France, big knockout artist. Lo- like loads of great fighters in that division. Look, and look, well, look I think at if you look West. across, the argument would be from the UFC, if you look across boxing, you look across MMA, these small fighters in the main event, unless it's like, you know, uh, Demetrius Johnson against Dominic Cruz, like some kind of super fight that you could put together or something. It's not going to do anywhere near the numbers that bigger guys are going to do people just casuals just see bigger guys like heavyweight and boxing or whatever is always like there might not be you know there's years and years before Tyson came along and years after Lennox and Lennox Lewis and Tyson that the the division was terrible but people still tune in because it's heavyweight because they're big guys because you can knock people out there can be one like you know a big finish and things like that so I think the UFC's attitude and Dana's attitude is just people don't give a shit about these 125ers so we're not going to waste our time basically that's, yeah. that's just ingrained in them that's just it, it is but like why would you not put these if you know there's a special guy there right why would you not put him like in main events on fight nights constantly so loads of people will tune in and watch and like put put a big, put a big heavyweight co-main event or whatever on no problem and you build him up or put him as a co-main event a couple of times and then move him into the main event slot and make a star like what do we are we even trying to make stars anymore like it's uh, no, you got to make yourself a star. You really, do, yeah. you do, you do. But like the UFC should be helping themselves, and they don't. They don't. Anyway, we'll move on. That was good. Eh? We got we got a bit of a rant out there. Anyway, sure, why not? Uh, Michael Morales. That's good. Thanks, Graham. Thanks for listening to that. Uh, I thought I thought Michael Morales was good. But I, I, Jesus, he's very hitable. Like Max Griffin hit him at one stage in that second round, and. I don't think the, the commentary definitely didn't realize it anyway. And I don't even think Max Griffin realized it, but he fucking shook him. He f- shook him. Morales is, ju- he's such a talented fighter. He's such a good athlete. He can throw bombs, but God almighty, when he starts throwing those bombs, is he open defensively? And if there was a better fighter than, than Max Griffin, um, I think Morales could have been out of there last night. He's going to have to change a lot. Um, I don't think he's in calm down a little bit. I think like, yeah. take a bit of, Take a bit of pace off everything. How, how, what did you think of him? Did you think the same, or am I being a bit overcritical of him? Yeah, well, I, I don't think he was nearly finished or anything, but he definitely got hit with a few, uh, some big shots that seemed to kind of stop him in his tracks temporarily. But you know, uh, I think he was kind of looking for the finish at times when maybe, maybe you know, we see these guys when they're fighting kind of guys they think they, they think they should beat or they want to get out of there. They fight in a different way, and when they step up, they kind of rise to the level of like you know, if, if he was to. Uh, in his next fight, you know, step up against a kind of uh, lower top 15 guy. Um, you'd probably see him fight a different fight and you hopefully you'd hope anyway that you'd see him fight a different fight. But I think this is a good fight for him to go back and, you know, build on and work and look over with his team. And just yeah. like, you know, you make a few kind of different decisions here and you, and you probably maybe are a bit more patient about trying to, trying to hurt, uh, get the big shot and finish the fight then maybe you know you you end up getting the third round TKO here and not kind of putting yourself at risk so yeah I think 
it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he goes. You know, he's a young guy, 24 years old, 15 and 0 now. He definitely needs to be, you know, taken care of. I think um, <laughs> we talk about the matchmakers a lot, but sometimes there's a toss of a coin whether they just stick you in any old match or if they kind of try to build you up. So I think he has potential, but yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's going to be a lot harder fights than Max Griffin and if he fights like that, um, like he fought last night uh, against top 15 guys, he's, he's going to be in for, for rude awakening. That's true. I, I think at welterweight though there are so many options like we saw with Ian Gary as well like there's, there's there's very few bad options in there you know and I think if they put him in next against someone like someone like a Tim Means you know which we talked about before for Ian Gary or even like a, a D-Rod I think that'd be a good matchup so we'll see where he goes after that um Wins in for Anya Ariana Lipsky, who beat her uh, identical twin, Melissa Gatto, won a split decision there. Uh, Benoit Santani to, uh, I think, the um, the, the uh, chagrin of a lot of people won that one. I think a lot of people fancied Bonfim coming in there, but no, uh, BSD got the face crank submission. Uh, lovely knockout for Nur Sultan Ruzaboyev who caught the leg of Bruno Ferreira, blasted him down the middle, old school knockout, ground and pound, beautiful, beautiful knockout then. Um, then we have Renat Fakrudinov, who guillotined Kevin Lee, my bet of the week, Graham, plus 650 for Fakrudinov to win by submission, and he did it, he did it even quicker than I thought. Like, the reason I picked it is, right, because Kevin Lee, every time he fights someone who wrestles him, or ends up in a wrestling match he never stops trying to wrestle and get up and it's seen him being choked out multiple times and this one was even worse because Fakarinov knocked him down with a big right hand he was hurt tried to immediately get up put himself right in the guillotine and then was slept um I watched the Kevin Lee versus Diego Sanchez fight and I wasn't one bit shocked by this because he looked horrendous in that fight I don't know how he got back into the UFC but he did um not great. Well, what do you think of this, Graham? It was, uh, Kevin Lee could be out of the UFC as, as, as quick as he's back in it, don't you think? Yeah, in fairness, to just, in fairness to him in this one, I think he was rocked and just popped back up. He, it wasn't like a, a calculated mistake that he made and gave gave up the choke. I think it was just he was down and just stunned and just popped kind of into, into a guillotine. But yeah, you know, if he, can, if, he, if he can kind of get ahead and be a good front runner and um, he's a decent fighter and he has a you know he has some tools but it's just it's just happened too many times that uh he's kind of blown it or he's he's been finished easily and uh it's just a problem that i, I don't think he's going to overcome we've seen this like years back with people like melvin gallard maybe melvin gallard had a bit more talent to offer at the time than kevin lee does but you know a guy who's who's really good in certain areas but just has just a fatal flaw that is just the blueprint is there and everybody knows it and any kind of high level guy is just going to pretty much easily take advantage of it yeah and it feels like he's the oldest 30 year old and <laughs> on earth as well like he's just he's been around for a long time and uh yeah i don't think it's going to get better for kevin lee to be honest but we we will see hopefully it does hopefully it does uh brito got a nice knockout then uh over weston wilson carol hosa got a split decision over yana santos not a classic that one uh elvis brinner now this was a classic i put this down as a uh, comeback of the year fight of the year possibility goram kuta taladze did um did brilliantly for the first uh, couple of rounds. Um, well, the first round, like, at the, uh, did you think he would? He missed the ten second clapper, maybe in the midst of the the crowd reaction to the 
to the big shots he was landing or something because there was like four seconds to go and he ha- he had Brenner basically nearly out on his feet. Yeah, I think he tried. And he just kind of he just kind of stood there for the last four or five seconds. It was, uh, he like if he had to put a combination together there, he could have finished the fight. I thought. Yeah, maybe, maybe he could have, or he was definitely hurt. And in the second round, then like it wasn't as hurtful, but Brenner got that big fucking cut on his. Uh, uh, for it and it, wa- it wasn't just the cut like you can see when they showed the slow motion of it like there was an indentation in his fucking forehead and I hope I hope they're going to get him a scan after that because that looked really fucking bad but um, the rest of the round was was you know relatively even I haven't seen the cards but uh, I think Kuta Teladze because of that did enough it was a massive hurtful shot but Brenner was definitely coming back there were definitely signs and in the third round uh, he came out and you know, it wasn't as if he was walking away with it or ending. It was even enough or whatever. But then the tide turned and he came back and he got the, the TKO finish. It was absolutely brilliant and insane comeback. You know, he, he went in there with the white hair uh, like uh, Charles Oliveira, who was in his corner. And he came out with um, blood red hair and the victory as well. It was it was a real epic fight. If you haven't uh, tuned into the undercard, that's definitely the one to go back and watch. Uh, fight at night by, by a country mile. I assume I got that as well. Um, and then uh, the last two fights, Romanov and Karolina won against Ivanov and someone else. So congratulations to them. Petrovic. Indeed. Cage Warriors then had a card as well. Uh, look, it wasn't a classic card. We, we all know it was supposed to be the big Mason Jones fight. It was supposed to be a big Auburn Elliott fight. Unfortunately, for a variety of reasons, those didn't end up happening. But um, I... I like a couple of people on this card and I think there will be future stars possibly in Cage Warriors. Um, I really like Milada Hadi. Now his opponent wasn't great and he knocked him out almost immediately, but I think he is a very, very talented guy at six and one. I like him an awful lot. Uh, Scott Peterson, who's look, he's four three and one now, which looks like a you know a pretty bad record. But I like Scott Peterson. He's from a good gym. He's good stock. He's a very good fighter, and I think he's the type of guy you know, you know, a Neil Siri type of record, a Neil Siri type of fighter. Even like I, I think that's what we could get. Get him a few good matchups in a row. Get get him to like you know eight and three or something like that. And he's quickly then I think his uh, his career will turn around. I like Scott Peterson. I wouldn't rule him out. Jimmy Quinn, I think it was the fastest knockout in Cage Warriors history. They were saying ten seconds against. Dan Daniel, devastating stuff. Uh, I I uh, I was listening to Brad talking last week. Obviously, I had him on the, the podcast, and he's like, "Ooh, this guy is uh, top prospect." So watch out for him as well. Jack Eglin as well, himself and Rory Evans. Uh, watching both of them for the preview. Eglin is a really good technical boxer, and he finished him here uh, in the second round. Andy Clamp as well. Got the, the rear naked choke. I don't think anyone was too surprised uh, about that fight going to the ground and being in Clamp's favour uh, with Gassan's uh, striking ability. But he moves to 12 and 2 now at 205 pounds. He could, I, I could see him. Uh, fighting for the two hundred and five pound title, maybe in a rematch against uh, against Chuck Campbell if they want to put that that on, but we'll see on that. Uh, Reese McEwen got the big win as well for Scotland. He could be next for Caelan Lochran. Um, I haven't heard an interview afterwards or anything, but there was talk of him versus Caelan Lochran next. We'll see if that happens. And in, in the main event, Darren Stewart probably earned himself a title shot. The title is coming up in a couple of weeks' time. James Webb back in there fighting for the title again. He beat Matthew Bonner. Did uh, Darren Stewart in the main event? So uh, a good win for him there. A fight to turn in to a, a bit of a, a bit of a slap fest, to be fair. But Darren Stewart's resting time through. I thought it'd be the other way around. 
round. I thought Bonner would have the the wrestling advantage, but no, he didn't. And uh, Stewart gets the win there. And uh, there's some very good cards coming up. The Cage Warriors Dublin card as well. The um the date has moved, so they're on in the RDS now. Um, it is oh god, I don't have the date in front of me, but it's it's coming up. It's coming up in the RDS anyway. I think October the fourteenth. Now is it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. So um. Yeah, we'll uh, we look forward yeah, to that. Saturday, October fourteenth. Yeah. We look forward to that, and we'll um, we'll see who's on it at the time. Um, right. Next week we have UFC two ninety, and uh, it's uh, it's a pretty a pretty epic card. This isn't one we'll be complaining about Graham or anything like that. Oh, actually, just before we get into that, because we we landed on UFC two ninety. Um, PFL Europe are back next week. Um, I'll have a preview for that out on on Sherdog at at some stage. Um, Franz Malambo obviously on the card, but his opponent obviously was supposed to fight Dominic Wooding. Wooding got a really bad broken orbital. Um, his eyes swelled up and all. He put out a picture of it. Uh, but um, a new opponent is coming in for Franz Malambo. It's it, do you know what? This is actually a really good card if you look into the, some of the fighters. Lewis McGrillan Evans is seven O's on it. He's a real top prospect. Really like the main event. Um, Francesco Nuzzi, he's, this is guy is a really, really good fighter. And there's some good talent here. Ali Taleb is an absolute wizard of a fighter. Um, so P- PFL Europe, uh, and you know, we, we've um, uh, we've a few more Irish lads on as well, which we'll talk about here in a second, but you know, I think. They've done some good matchmaking here, wherever they found a uh, person to do that matchmaking, but they did, they did a good job uh, here on this one. But first of all, Graham, to uh, to Franz Malambo, it's massive for Franz to get back in here. Like, uh, I think a lot of people thought he might be the main event. I don't know if he is. I don't think he is now anyway because of the, 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 the change of opponent, but... It's a massive fight for France. He is going to be one of the favourites here at 135 pounds to win this. And after such a long time out to come back and, and have an opponent on short notice, it's a bit of a challenge, I suppose. But France is well able for it, isn't he? Yeah, he is. You know, he's he's a guy who's fought in an amateur, you know, in the in the IMAFs and fought, you know, you don't know who you're fighting. Uh, you're fighting regularly and things like that. And he fought in the... Uh, Copa Cabache tournament, you know, uh, one night tournament. So it's not new to him to have like late opponents and things like that. And I, I was chatting to him a little bit after after the news came out, and he was saying that he's happy. He's happy with the with the change. So he's it's, it isn't bothering him at all. I think he he likes Dominic Wooding. So he kind of <laughs> you know, Franz is a really nice guy. He doesn't want to be uh, uh, hurting people he knows. So I think for him, it's actually better to have a <laughs> to have this matchup, even though he's already beaten Dominic Wooding. Um, I would have backed him to beat him again, but I think uh, for France, he's he and he in his mind anyway, he's happier with with this fight. So obviously, it's a huge fight for him. The first round of the tournament, you know, um, y- you want to win this tournament, this European tournament, uh, and try and get into that one million dollar tournament. I think that's what the kind of goal is for, for everybody. I don't know if it's a set out thing, like you know, if you win it, you're definitely in or anything. But if you go in there and you know win the way we know France can in devastating fashion. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be kind of make make perfect sense to put you put you into a million dollar tournament. But it all starts here, and if you if you don't get it done uh, next next weekend, then it's 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 all all that stuff is is irrelevant. So, yeah. Um, obviously, Franz, uh, he doesn't really train specifically for for fighters, so that's not really a big a big uh, or opponents. So that's not really a big uh, change for him. But yeah, it's it you know a dangerous a dangerous guy. But it looks at things like I didn't know much about Rashid has, but. Looking at his uh, record, he has some good wins. You know, obviously, um, France would be a big favorite in, in my mind. And 
you know, uh, I'd expect France to probably, you know, get a early enough striking finish, uh, some kind of TKO or KO. But yeah, um, not knowing that much about Rashid his, it's it's hard to know. But yeah, as you said, the 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 Dominic Wooding rematch would have been would have been fun, but we've already seen that it kind of was pretty one sided. So maybe this fresh matchup will actually will actually be better. Yeah, indeed. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm looking forward to seeing the other two Irish lads in, in as well. Obviously, both of them uh, have left Irish shores at this stage. Uh, Dylan Tuke over training in Scotland uh, and John Mitchell. I think he's out in the, the UAE um, training as well. But um, Yeah, Dylan Tuke, you know, he's a he's a really talented guy. Like we've seen him an amateur coming up all through the years and his his pro career obviously started off really well. He was he was 3-0, had that epic fight with uh, Adam Ventry, the, the Paddy Pimblett teammate and was a big kind of you know, big hype around that. Uh, I went over to Liverpool to to film at that and to watch it and stuff. You know, obviously he made his de- Bellator debut and got got finished by Cameron Else and it maybe you know uh, kind of got derailed a bit then. And it's been it's been win one lose one since then. So it's a very important fight for France here. You know, a big opportunity yeah. uh, in PFL if he can if he can you know get back on the the right track and get a bit of momentum and get that confidence back you know he definitely has a lot of talent we like anybody who's watched him over the years can you know you even looking at his at his uh, you know amateur career he has a win an unanimous decision win over Paul Hughes and look what Paul Hughes has gone on to do, gone, gone on to do and you know Adam Caffrey Mark Andrew and Adam Ventry in his in his first three fights uh big wins there and finishes so like you know I know that's a long time ago and he's been through a lot and he's moved country and all that stuff but you know from having seen him throughout the years in the gym and things like that, he he definitely has a lot of talent, and I'd love to see him put it all together. And this is a big opportunity for him, and I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. And John Mitchell is well, a guy who has a lot of talent. Um, you know, he picked up one loss at the, the beginning of last year, but he's come back with two wins following that as well. He's a guy who stayed, you know, very very. Um, uh, very consistent in the amount of fights he's been getting and stuff. Unlike Chuke, like who's who's not been able to do that. But like you, you talked about the amateur wins there as well. Like, like yeah, look some, at the, I was just gonna say that again. Yeah. Some absolutely brilliant. Like uh, Binder, Kenny, twice. You know, Jr. Campos, Elliot Levy. You know, uh, Ivan Blita. These are some very big wins. Uh, as big as they, you know, as good wins as you can get at amateur on the local on this scene. Yeah, and even like the guys he's beating a pro, like he's beating a six and one guy, a four and zero guy, is a guy with um, 13, 14 fights as well. So it's like John Mitchell's a very, very good fighter. It's interesting to see like the the level he has risen to, um, uh, training outside where he's training. So so it's a, look, it's a big, uh, a big night for uh, for Irish MMA here as well. Maybe one going under the radar a little bit, but like if this these three lads here win. You know, we have that card at the end of the year in Ireland, and they'll all obviously want to be on that card. And you know, we, obviously, we, we spoke about Will Flory last week with the drug f- uh, test failure. He's probably not going to be on that now either. Like, who else is going to be? Maybe we get a Brendan Lockdown on it. But like, every promotion that comes to Ireland knows they want a big Irish name at the top of the card or very near it and I think there's a massive opportunity for all of these lads to go out and put on a show and be towards the top of that card for the PFL so looking forward to seeing uh, that and uh, all the other talent on it because uh, in fairness like the first PFL Europe card the, it, it was a good card but maybe not amazing um, Dakota De Cheva obviously, uh, obviously stuck out and Simeon Powell as well but I think this one this one is a lot better and there's a lot of good prospects on this so we look forward to uh, to seeing that next week um, do, right. do you know how to, is it available to watch in Ireland or is it just it's on, on uh, it's on the zone I think if I'm not mistaken yeah, I think yeah. so yeah. Um, 
Right, UFC 290. Obviously, we're going to have a full preview of this. I'm going to be jumping on with the lads, uh, Harry and Eno, this week. That will be out on Wednesday, I believe. Yes. Um, check out the, the balance breakdown as well on Tuesday, which will go through the, the full card from last night in depth as well with, uh, with Harry and Ian uh, on Patreon. Uh, the audio is up uh, for, of all of these things on Patreon. So, uh, yeah, sign up patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast. Um, Volkanovski and Rodriguez. <clears throat> I, I look. My initial thought, and I think the initial thought of most people here is, Ah, Volkanovski will win that, right? And he probably will. But Yair Rodriguez is a dangerous guy. Like, there's no mistake in it. And we can sometimes we can say, Oh, yeah, he's dangerous and he's going to get beaten. But like, he can throw these wild strikes. He will throw them as well. He's willing to do it. And that's, you know, I'm telling you, Volkanovski might beat everyone in the world and he might beat Yair Rodriguez handily enough, but God Almighty, all, all it takes is one and Yair has the yeah. ability to land that one, Graham, doesn't he? And we've, we've seen it against a Korean zombie, you know, in the very last second of the fifth round. He's dangerous the whole time. You know, he, he'll throw stuff that you've not seen before from strange angles. And, you know, if Volkanovski, you know, his concentration fades for a second or he gets, even gets caught in, in, a, in a break off the cage and, like, you know, uh, out of a grappling situation, he could like you get hit with an elbow, a spinning back fist, some kind of knees, flying knee kick. You know, there's so many tools there in, in the area's game. As you said, he's willing to throw them. You know, maybe early on in the fight he won't be he won't be as willing. He doesn't wanna he doesn't want to um you know get get taken down or anything like that. But as the fight goes on and if even especially if he's behind, expect him to throw, you know, everything he has at, at, at Volkanovski. And obviously Volkanovski, we've talked about him like constantly over the years how, how underrated he is and maybe you know not recognized for the tactician and and the tech the technician that he is but you know he's getting a lot more respect these days but this is a fight where maybe you know uh he could be dominating the majority of the fight and could get hit with something you know this obviously he's a very hard guy to to, to hit cleanly but as you said where yeah rodriguez is a very very dangerous guy and this is a you know a huge moment for him this would be like a legacy defining win if he can get it. And, you know, we've seen stranger things happen and a guy with a guy with your ears tools, like would I be that surprised if, if he, if he finished them, I'd be a little surprised, but it's definitely a, it's definitely a possibility. And, yeah. you know, usually when, as you said, usually when you look at a Volkanovski fight, you're thinking, oh, he's going to, he's going to win a handy decision here. And that's probably what's going to happen. But there's that danger is, is there throughout the 25 minutes. If it is to go that way from your ear. I just wonder have you any take on how Volkanovski is actually going to fight him? Because like I, I, I've been thinking about it the last while, and I probably watch a bit more tape before we do the the in depth preview during the yeah. week. But like, I think he might mix in more takedown attempts yeah. and takedowns than uh, usual because you know you have to stop Yair jumping into the. You have to at least stunt it a little bit, or else he's just gonna, you know, throw all sorts at you. And as we said, that's a dangerous game to play. So. I think maybe taking some of the pop out of the step of of Yair might be the early game plan for Volkanovski here. If uh, yeah. yeah, if I the striking think, isn't working out, I, as, I, as I, I think there's probably two ways of doing that, right? Obviously, punching him in the head really quick, hard is is probably one good way of doing it. But how do you do that? Like, and, and the other is obviously the takedowns. But like, I I think that pressure game is going to be interesting if Volkanovski can cut off the cage and land those big shots. Like, if he takes away that movement to Yair. It could be a very tough night from Yair, for Yair as well. But Volkanovski is a smaller guy, although he fights very long, but it is the bigger cage as well. We have to remember that. Over five rounds. 
I, I'm very excited about this fight. Like, even though we, we talked and, you know, did it make sense and all of that, but, like, what we have here, in my opinion, right, and I've said this a couple of times, is the best fighter in the world, pound for pound, in my opinion, Volkanovski right now, against maybe the most exciting fighter in the world. And, um, yeah, I don't think we can stick our noses up and sniff at that. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, even if you think it's, it's oh, yeah, uh, one-sided or whatever. I, I really, like, this is um, a fight I am salivating over. I, I on Next Saturday night at fucking 7 a.m. or whatever, I am going to be absolutely fucking... I don't know what to work. This whole main card reminds me of the good old days where there was it a, yeah, a pay per view every two or three weeks, and you could really just get excited about the whole main event. You could say to your friends, "Oh, you should come over and watch this yes. this main this, this main card." Even the you know Robbie Lawler in the prelim, um, the prelim main event as it used to be kind of referred to. Maybe it's not the you know the most high level fight, but that should be a fun one as well to get people drawn in. And even the one before that, Sean Brady and uh, Madeleine. Uh, that's off, very... unfortunately. Sean Brady, oh, though. Yeah, Sean Brady. They're oh, looking for someone for Jack Dylan Madeleine. Yeah, so. Oh, so I think you got a, an elbow. You know that could kill a card. Easy. You know, sometimes if a fight like that fell off, but luckily there's uh, there's loads on this. this yeah, card. that could that could be the main event last night. We'd all be devastated if it fell off. But on Pantoja versus Moreno, I went back and I watched uh, their first or well, their. They had a tough fight, and then they had a UFC fight. We'll say I watched the UFC fight. I actually must go back and watch the tough fight. But um, Moreno, he looked completely different. And there's, it's in one way, he's so much more controlled now. Then he was kind of just throwing shots and seeing if something would land. He, he it was like he was genuinely like a baby. Like he was like, and a he baby was up against a guy who's so controlled in that Muay Thai realm and methodical. And you know, it was just a bad style matchup at the time. But yeah, that's that's so long ago that like I literally wouldn't really like Moreno's such a different beast. He's so he's so different in every way that I you know looking back at that fight, obviously you're gonna pick up a few things, but it. it yeah, I think I think they're like, right Pantoja is a similar fighter, but yeah. I think Moreno is just a completely different beast. Yeah. Although having said that, I do think it, it will be a good fight because Pantoja, as you said, is a similar fighter and a very good fighter, and Moreno is now, you know, more like Pantoja, maybe <laughs> you know, where he is more technical and more tactical and more, you know, nuanced in the things that he is doing, and I think that could lead to a good five round fight here, and I'm interested to see how it works because the thing is, right, when you're Brandon Moreno and You've been fighting not in, uh, with Kaikara France aside, but Davidson Figueredo for your whole um, championship career from 2020, the last three years. You know, and Kaikara France brings a certain, you know, a certain amount to the table and he makes it difficult in a certain way. But this is a. And, and the point I'm making there is, right? Styles make fights, and the Figueredo Moreno styles made for these epic fights, but also like they made Moreno better as a fighter because he could live with Figueredo. Now, drawn with the champion the first time, and then beating him, and then losing him, and then beating him again. You know, it 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 brought him on. Will the Pantoja matchup be a little bit different? Like it was obviously he's lost him a couple of times. Is it going to be a case of? He has improved, but he hasn't improved enough to take Pantoja out. Like, maybe, maybe. No, I don't think so. As well. he there is, beaten, yeah. Even if it was a long time ago, I haven't been beaten by this guy twice. It definitely plays, uh, you know, an interesting factor into into the the psyche and the mental side of the fight. So that could that could you know, and you said as you said, fighting Figueredo a lot. It's, it's a very different style matchup. Uh, obviously, Cara France uh, was in between, but Pantoja, you know. Um, he's going to be a hard guy to put away. So like, I think there's going to be some very close rounds here and 
uh, like I think this, the, the, the only bet really is, is Moreno, but I wouldn't be that surprised if it was a very close decision and even if Pontoja, Pontoja was able to eke it out. But, you know, I think it's... If Moreno performs the, to the best of his abilities, I think, I think, you know, he should have more than enough now. But there's a lot of factors playing into it. So, you know, that mental side of it is, is nothing to be sniffed at as well. Yeah, indeed. Can't wait for that. Um, honestly, the whitaker Duplessis fight as well is, is a pretty good fight. Um, I do think Whitaker should be a massive favourite here and I do think he will win. I just, like, but t- to be fair now... He's not the same fighter as he used to be in my opinion. Do you think so? Though. Do you think he's gone down a bit? Yeah, I think he has. Like, uh, you know... He's he's not falling off a cliff or anything, but I I don't think he's improving like we like we saw kind of you know obviously throughout his kind of rise to the title and and winning the title and things like that and obviously he came in there and he's only he's only lost to Adesanya but the Vittori fight wasn't his best maybe that's just the Gasolum one as well even before that wasn't his best either and um the the Cannoneer is a pretty good win the Darren Till decision doesn't look as as good as it did at the time I think. I think, he, I think he's definitely the favourite and I expect him to win here, but I think Duplessis definitely has a, um, you know, he's a guy who finishes fights and he he definitely has a, has a chance here. And I think, yeah, yeah I think, I, I, I think I, Whitaker's the pick, but I have a sneaky feeling that this might be a bad night for, for Whitaker. Interesting. I I think I have the exact opposite feeling, to be honest. I like, I think Drickus has kind of been living on his on his ninth life for a while maybe you know and he's just been waiting for someone good to come in and fight him and beat him but as you know having said that he's been winning and he's been doing enough and you know what's he's to say he can't do it again know. but i i just think Whitaker will be too much of a step up in class now he you know he's beaten Saldich back in the day and stuff but uh he's also lost him i i just think Duplessis will attempt to do what he always does, which is like put on the pace and you know, and beat you, beat you with effort. Really, you know, he's like a, he's like a hurling team or like Claire playing Limerick or something. But like Whitaker is like a higher class of that exact thing, in my opinion. And like may, maybe you're right, and maybe he isn't the same fighter he used to be. If he's not, Duplessis will absolutely win. But I think if he's anywhere near it, I think he will will win on that count. So we'll we'll wait and see on that one. Uh, Turner and Hooker, that's going to be a fun fight. I do think it's it's a bit of a layup for Turner though. Uh, if he doesn't win that, it's it's uh it's it's a bad sign for him. I think he's I think he's his lint and his power will be a big problem for Hooker. But Hooker's always game. I do think it'll be fun for as long as it lasts. Uh, Bo Nickel, Trish, and Gore. It's it's a big step up, I, I suppose for um. Uh, for both of them, if you want to put it that way. But look, you would fancy Bo Nickel to take down Trey Shangor, who... Oh, surely he'll uh, absolutely dominate whatever way he wants here. Yeah, and destroy him. Uh, and in the rest of the card, you know, it's very good. As you mentioned, uh, Robbie Lawler, Nico Price, we know what we're going to get on that. Hopefully they get someone for Jack Dylan Maddalena, uh, Jimmy Crude and Lanza Minifield. That's, you know, uh, uh, someone's getting knocked out there. And I think it'll probably be Jimmy Crude, if you were to ask me, in my opinion. Um, and Tasso Tiara is back on this card as well, 13 and all. Um, so yeah, all in all, uh, a pretty uh, a pretty good card and we'll um, we'll enjoy it we'll uh, we'll 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 wait with bated breath for it and um, yeah it'll be absolutely lovely and beautiful right we leave it there Graham any, was there any other news during, during the week I don't know maybe there was something probably happened but sure look these things happen in them we got we got always uh, we can talk about it Talk about whatever we need to talk about on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Severe My Podcast. Uh, it's the start of the month. It's the perfect time. So here's what we do. Like you get early access every Sunday to the Severe My Podcast. 
We'll give you Monday morning to listen to that as well. I know a lot of people don't have, haven't listened to it and they get it in the Monday morning. Tuesday morning, balance breakdown, looking back at the technical aspects of the weekend's fight. Wednesday morning, usually the Q&A with me for an hour. This week we have the Chasing Pack looking at PFL, Bellator, One Championship, all of those sweet things with myself and Eno on Thursday, Speaker's Corner. Um... We have a Speaker's Corner in the books, but we may have a different Speaker's Corner coming up this week, but we definitely will have a Speaker's Corner on uh, Thursday. We have the one we have in the books about influencers and things like that, so check that out uh, when it comes out. And then on Friday, we have the audio for the preview show uh, as well, so that's all the good stuff you can get on Patreon, and then we have some breaking news, podcast interviews, yeah. and other things. And if you're missing the, the football chat, the soccer chat we used to have at the end of the podcast, uh, myself, Ian, and Sean went on, and I... Uh, I uh, destroyed the two Man United fans in a debate, mm. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> I, I, I see since then you've signed another £70 million player to replace the £50 million I pound player are off again. to replace it's the Euro, £100 million pound player. That you've a guy no one ever heard of. You've got Irish pounds or English pounds or a Wi-Fi Cypriot, password. Cypriot pounds or what? What's no, going on here? Who is this lad? I love everyone's like, oh, I can't wait till this lad signs. No one ever heard of him until two days ago. Like, what? Well, this is bizarre stuff. Anyway. Bro, what's his name? Go <laughs> on, tell us his name. I can't even pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, see? Zabaloi. It's some fucking mad name. Blo- so I can't blo- pronounce blo- any of you half MMA fighters that have watched yeah, for 10 no. years anyway, so it's not. It's nothing personal. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, we leave it there. Sure. Uh, more soccer podcasts to come. Uh, stick to MMA. I think, I think we're going to do more stick to MMA stuff because, uh, you know, soccer podcasts or maybe if I watched... Um, I watched uh, Extraction 2. I'd love to do a podcast on that. If anyone anyone else in the Severe May team wants to go and watch Extraction 2 and we could talk about it, let's do that. We need to we need to do more uh, stick to MMA podcasts over on Patreon. So um, we might do that. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. A Game of Thrones, I'd love to do a Game of Thrones podcast as well if anyone out there wants to do one. But anyway, we'll go away. We'll leave you alone. Thanks everyone for listening. Up Limerick and Graham, give us your quote of the week. Now deep in the heart of a lonely kid who suffered so much for what he did, they gave this playboy his fortune and fame. Since that day, he ain't been the same. We'll see you next week. Good luck.